Uh, and, and, you know, at, at halftime, I think it was already about 35-7. Walk me through a little bit, uh, Cam, if it's not too painful to you. Not that injury, because we've gotten the good news that he's he seems like he's going to be okay, as, as bad an injury as that was. But just that overall... Um, just the overall game, you know, what, what West Virginia's coming off and then what they've been able to kind of work on from a bye week situation getting ready for this Baylor game. Yeah, as you said, it was kind of a, a really important game, a lot of lead-up to that game because the start of the season, you know, West Virginia started out against an old rival Pitt that it hadn't played in a long time, and, and Pitt was ranked in the top 25, and, and we came up, West Virginia came up like, at one score short, but most people were kind of positive coming out of that game. That a lot of things looked good, and if Pitt was truly a, a top twenty-five team, and this was going to be a good West Virginia team, and then they come back home and lose to Kansas, and everybody thought the sky was falling, and then then we kind of learned that maybe Kansas is a little better than we thought they were, and uh, come back out the next week, play Towson, and, and roll over them, then uh, go on the road and roll over Virginia Tech. So then we're two and two, and thinking, okay. Maybe West Virginia was a little better than we thought after that, you know, Kansas game, and uh, the Texas was kind of the litmus test, and it was just it was almost over before it started. Uh, you know, tech, West Virginia secondary could do nothing to stop Texas whatsoever, and you know, a lot of games you, you feel like this West Virginia team this year can 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 play in a shootout, but uh, the offense had a couple drops early on that you know, kind of ended what were promising drives and, and not being able to stop Texas. It was it was 28 to nothing almost before it got started, and it was just uh, never able to come back from that. So, you know, it was, it was a really disappointing performance all the way around because the offense just didn't do what it's done all year, and West Virginia couldn't run the ball like it had all year. So, um, you know, aside from the score, it was just disappointing overall that, that the Mountaineers couldn't do what they the successful things that they've done most of the season. You know, and, and when, when you talk about the success, JT Daniels obviously has put up some good numbers. I mean, y'all should have won. West Virginia should have won that pit game, and, and Neil had some uh, real curious, at least one very curious decision I remember late in that one. When when the offense has been humming for West Virginia, what has, uh, you know, and, and I guess this running back that was doing so well and just got hurt, like, what, do you have? Are there some other places to turn there? Will West Virginia uh, still be able, you think, to have a uh, a pretty solid running game? Where what has clicked for this offense uh, when when West Virginia has been successful this season? Well, I think it all starts with Daniels, and, and you mentioned my my baseball fandom earlier. I remember last year during this time of the year, I, I took my son to Atlanta for some of the playoff games, and on the way home, we were listening to Atlanta Sports Talk Radio. And all they were talking about is how JT Daniels should be back in the lineup ahead of Stetson Bennett. So that, that tells you a little bit about what uh, what JT Daniels is as a quarterback. And, and he's been phenomenal. And West Virginia really has some pretty good play, playmakers at receiver in Bryce Ford Wheaton and Caden Prather. But they've just suffered some drops at some key moments. You know, They've made all the tough catches and really made some amazing plays. But it seems like at the key moment on a key third down, a key fourth down, the drops just keep coming back up. And, and as, you, as you mentioned, running the football ha- has been good for this West Virginia team as well. Uh, it's really been a struggle under Neil Brown. It, it was to the point, you know, he rushed for 70, 80 yards. You, you felt about it in the past. And it, this, this year's team is, you know, going over 150 against a good pit defense and a good, uh, at least front line at Virginia Tech. And so they, they really felt like you had that problem solved. This offensive line has been together for a long time and, they're running it well, and, and as you mentioned, the injury to C.J. Donaldson, who was a huge surprise coming out, out of the season, he was a tight end when he got to West Virginia, 
moved over to running back and, and performed extremely well. And there's some other guys there that, that, that can run the ball that, that do a nice job, Tony Mathis and Jeremy Johnson. But, and, but you know, just there was no room for anybody against Texas. So the, the question is, it isn't really with the running backs, it's with the line, and, and can they open the holes that they did early on in the season? Kim Huffman joining us, longtime West Virginia sports insider, covers the basketball. By the way, Huggins and Scott Drew are together in New York City today. I, I kind of thought you would drop everything and just <laughs> go to New York to cover. This is the Big 12 promotional blitz. And don't you know Huggins just love that? Hey, Bob, could we get you to go walk around Times Square with Scott Drew and gladhead a bunch of people? I'm sure Bob was very excited about that. But uh, I'm sure and, he and, was, but he definitely made it entertaining. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, it, that's a funny friendship, isn't it? I mean, I, I made that point yesterday that Scott Drew and Huggins – Scott, um, when he first came in, he kind of upset the apple. You know, there there was uh, Knight, there was Rick Barnes, all these established coaches, and Scott got under their skin almost immediately. And so when Huggins got into the conference, for whatever reason, they kind of hit it off. And I honestly think Huggins kind of liked that Scott had had done that and 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 maybe gotten under the skin of some of those kind of people. So for whatever reason. Bob and and Scott have a really cool relationship, and uh, don't you feel like they have a like one of those enduring friendships, even though they're way different personalities? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember a couple of years ago, Huggins was was doing his weekly radio show, and uh, they were getting ready to play Baylor. I guess Baylor came in a, a day earlier, so and Scott Drew came on his radio show for about an hour, and, and the two seemed to just really enjoy each other, and I don't think there's any many coaches Hugs would want to share the spotlight with on his radio show, but he, he really seemed to enjoy that. All right, uh, Cam, tell me where the, the Mountaineer fandom is right now on Neil Brown. The scary thing for a coach like that is uh, the, they're, they're, they're making these decisions earlier and earlier, and, and while I don't think i think i saw the buyout before the season i don't think they're going to do anything here um man some some of these schools just disregard the buyout and they plow right through it now i noticed in early september the cam huffman endorsement now this has brought down many a coach but you did i did i do <laughs> have you quoted saying 100 percent behind this guy and this team go Mountaineers, because even though you've covered the team you're an alum and so you've been a, a great fan over the years where are you with Neil Brown, and where is this fan base right now with Neil Brown? Yeah, it's really an interesting dynamic because, you know, fans get restless easy, and, and, and there's not the patience that there used to be, and the, the you know prevalence of, of social media really makes it tough on, on coaches a lot of times. And, but I think it, most West Virginia fans want Neil Brown to succeed, not just because they want the program to succeed, but off the field, he's done everything right. He's you know, there was some issues under Dana Holgerson where a lot of former players didn't feel like they were welcome back and, and some things like that. And, and he's done that. He's embraced the culture. He's really, you know, kind of kind of um, caught himself up on the history of OU football. He knows all about what, what drives the program and what the fan base wants. And so he's done – he says everything right in the press conferences and just does everything that you want your coach to do, represents the program in such a great manner. But he's just not winning football games, and, and you know that's that's always the the most important. And you know, I feel like I still am behind him. I feel like he's close. He's recruited really better than 
than any West Virginia coach has in the last couple of decades. Um, he's really putting together some good classes, has a nice class already forming for, for next year. So, um, you know, I think program-wise, he's moving everything in the right direction. It just seems like they've been kind of snake bit at times. So, you know, it, they've lost a lot of close games under him. And, you know, you can we can always point to a decision here or there when you lose a close game. But um, it, it's just, you know, I, to, to me, the process of starting over, that you're, you're a whole lot more likely to succeed sticking with Neil Brown than you are letting him go and starting the process completely over without, you know, any real clear candidate that you have out there that's going to step in and turn things around. Yeah, and, that, you know, by the time Dana left, I think the fan base was kind of ready for somebody else or ready for a change, and Dana's obviously had some success there at Houston, but you're right. It's almost kind of like, is West Virginia a place, Cam, you almost sometimes need somebody like Huggins who understands – you know, there's certain fan bases. It's kind of like in basketball. Duke won't hire without. You know, uh, North Carolina has to hire from within. Do you sometimes sense that West Virginia is a little bit like that? It's hard to kind of take a guy from outside the fold and and bring him in, or or is it, am I reading too much into that? No, I, I think I think that's very true, and and I think um, that that's the reason why I still even with the an ugly breakup a couple decades ago. There's still fans out there that want to bring Rich Rodriguez back because he's a, <laughs> he's a WVU love and a WVU guy. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there's some truth to that. But I think that was one of the positives about Neil Brown is although he wasn't a, a West Virginia guy, he's a Kentucky guy. He kind of gets the whole, you know, sort of Appalachian culture. He's, he's familiar with the area. So, and uh, he, he kind of embraced Don Nealon, WVU's former coach, right away when he got here. And Don Nealon's an example of a guy who was not a West Virginia guy. He's an Ohio guy, but became a, a West Virginia guy after after several years. So I think it can be done. But, but yeah, you, I think the fan base definitely gives a pass a little, little longer if you're a, a homegrown guy for sure. All right, how do you see this thing playing out uh, tomorrow night? Uh, Six o'clock, by the way. Well, that'll be a that I, I, that crew will be worked up. Everybody, I'm sure class will let out a little early if they even have class tomorrow. That'll be a great atmosphere for that game. What are you kind of what's your gut telling you about this uh, this team? Because Baylor's still trying to kind of figure out its identity as well. Obviously, uh, dropping uh, two games uh, fairly early in the season. Yeah, I think it should should be a really a great game. As you said, I think the atmosphere is going to be great. Um, you know, Thursday nights are a little tough on West Virginia fans because the fan base comes from such a great distance a lot of times to come to the game. So you know, the, the the crowd might be down slightly because of that. But those who are there are going to be uh, juiced up and ready to go. I think the, the students are going to be ready to go. And, and as we said earlier, it's a critical game for Neil Brown, a critical game for this West Virginia team. So I think they'll, they'll be ready to play. Uh, the big question for for me is just can they stop the passing game of Baylor? I, I think you know Baylor has run the ball well, but I think West Virginia has stopped the run against basically everybody. Um, and I think the offense will move the football. It's just can they stop them in the secondary? Because that's the one thing they they haven't been able to do all year long. It'll be an interesting matchup, and uh, I wish we could have brought a delegation of Bears up to the Greenbrier, but the Thursday night threw that off, too, because, of course, the typical Saturday you could leave out on a Friday morning, make a weekend out of it. But uh, next time around, Cam, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we bring a nice Baylor. My, my parents still talk about that. They went on that one where uh, might have been Geno, uh, the 70-63 game. 
I'm sure you were at that game, but my parents stayed at the Greenbrier with a whole bunch of Baylor fans, and they still remember y'all's famous doorman, uh, or the, not door, you know what I'm saying, the, uh, the, the greeter out front at the, the Greenbrier for, what, the last 50 years. Uh, it, the valet, I guess we would call him. Uh, what is his name? Frank Mosley. <laughs> That's right, my cousin. Frank <laughs> right. Mosley. What yep. a legend, Frank Mosley. And uh, and how long? How, what, what is his his fifty years or something like that? That Frank I, I was it, out it, there. You know, I, it, it, it's it's hard to get the exact number because because uh, Frank tells you a different number almost every time. But I think it's over sixty years now that he's been there. It's it's amazing <laughs> the career he's had and. And speaking of football at the Greenbrier, I wanted to mention the 49ers are there right now. Um, they played back-to-back games in Charlotte and in, uh, in Atlanta and stopped at the Greenbrier in between. So we've got a little football going on at the Greenbrier right now. Oh, man, go check on the Niners. Um, that's fun. Yeah, what a what a great place to be. Y'all had a big tennis event here recently. You have a PGA event. Greenbrier, awesome place. See, we just did a, basically like an infomercial, and we, we did some sports talk. So, I think we accomplished a couple of things. Cam, that was uh, always fun catching up with you. Best of luck to uh, to your Mountaineers, and won't you text me with whatever bet? Won't you propose a bet, and I'll I'll do whatever it is you want to you want to do. But let's uh, and don't try to throw any points at me. This has to be straight <laughs> up, okay? Sounds good. We'll put something together. All right, there he goes. Thanks, Cam. Thank you. You bet, Cam Huffman, West Virginia insider joining the matt mosley show espn central texas 